Today we're going to take a look at a parable that Jesus told. It comes from Matthew chapter 13, where there are, uh, there's a whole body of parables. And with most of those parables, there's an explanation given. But in today's parable, we're not given, um, we're not given an explanation of what the parable means. Jesus simply tells the parable. And he tells the parable in the context of just his disciples. So at the very beginning of Matthew chapter 13, if you've got a Bible with you, by all means, please open to Matthew 13 because you'll, you'll see the bigger picture. Uh, but Jesus begins in Matthew 13, he is actually preaching to a large crowd. And Jesus often taught by telling parables. The, the crowd, we're told in Matthew 13, verse 1, is so loud that Jesus is actually in a boat. But by the time we get to the parable that we're looking at today, Jesus is in a house with his disciples. So this is very much a parable for disciples, if you will, for those who have put their faith in Christ. That's the context in which he is explaining it. So let's just have a look at that parable now. Matthew 13, 44 through to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus frequently spoke about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are phrases that are used interchangeably. They mean the same thing. Um, many of the parables that Jesus taught began with the kingdom of heaven is like. And this one is no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, exception. There it is. This one is no exception. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus likens it to, great treasure and a pearl of great value. Now, Jesus spoke so much about the kingdom of heaven. Why did Jesus speak a lot about the kingdom of heaven? He was wanting to invite people into a grander vision, a vision of what what life looks like where Jesus himself is the king and the kingdom of heaven we read um, in all parts of scripture we we get to build up a picture of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is an amazing place uh, in, a, in a sense it is very countercultural to our world the values are, are upside down but really they are the right way up in the kingdom of heaven there is righteousness meaning there are right relationships there is justice there is equity there is harmony um, there is health and prosperity it's a it's a wonderful marvelous place and when we dwell upon the kingdom the place where jesus rules and reigns it, it is a wonderful place to be and Jesus actually invites us to join his kingdom. And when we live our lives with Jesus as king, then we start to take on the values of the kingdom and allow the values of the kingdom to rule our lives, not the values of this world. The kingdom of God is marvellous. And Jesus spent much of his time teaching people about the kingdom, giving them 
the opportunity to consider a different and alternate way of life. And so in this instance, Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God being like great treasure and being like a great pearl. So in a sense, there are kind of two parables in one, one about the treasure and one about the pearl. There's more similarities than differences between the two, but there is a difference, and we'll talk briefly about that in a moment. We'll first start by considering the parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. In a culture and in a time where there were no banks, it actually wasn't uncommon for people to hide or to bury treasure in a field. Uh, So when Jesus told this parable, when he told this story, it would have made sense. This would have been something that people would have done. Now, when we read this parable without any explanation and we come to it with the eyes of those who are disciples, who who are followers of Jesus, we recognise that what Jesus seems to be speaking about here is when you discover Jesus... Like when you actually come to understand what the Christian faith is all about and how incredibly valuable it is and what a a wonderful offer of grace Christ extends to all, then in a sense we turn turn our lives around. We, We give away our former ways and we become new creations. And we do that joyfully. That would be, I think, a correct interpretation of what Jesus is speaking of. And Interestingly, that Jesus is actually saying this to his disciples because you know what? That's exactly what they had done. For many who were fishermen, Peter, James, Andrew, John, Jesus had approached them and invited them to become followers of his and they quite literally left their nets behind and became followers of Jesus. A similar story with Matthew, the tax collector we spoke about a few weeks ago. Matthew almost immediately left behind his former way of life and joyfully entered into a new life of following Jesus. We can see from this very, very simple parable that in order to enter or to receive the kingdom of God, there is a process of discovery The treasure was buried. (laughs) It required some searching. And in the case of the pearl, it required looking. Um, The kingdom, so to receive or to enter the kingdom of God requires some active participation, I guess, on the part of the, the person who is looking. We see that the kingdom of God is of incredible value. Incredible worth, so much so that in both instances, uh, both the man searching and the the merchant looking for pearls um, went and sold everything they had in order to purchase the land and purchase the valuable pearl. So the kingdom of God is of immense value. But it comes at a cost. The treasure and the pearl were not able to be received without the sacrifice and the giving up and the cost of of, of former possessions or a former way of life, if you will. Missionary Jim Elliott is famous for saying this 
quote, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And so whilst there is a cost to gain the kingdom, it is an incomparable exchange. When we understand how wonderful the kingdom of God is and how wonderful Jesus is, the king of the kingdom, there is no comparison that can be made. When I was 20 and I knew that I wanted to propose to Bron, I had very, very little money to my name. I really wanted to buy an engagement ring so I could pop the question. I had been saving, but I also needed to do whatever I could to try and get some more money. Now, it wasn't worth a great deal, but I sold my weights bench to contribute towards the purchase of that engagement ring. And for a 20-year-old, weights bench was really important. And I spent a lot of time on that weights bench. And I was thinking about this this week. I would have had to actually ring up and, and put this advertisement in the newspaper. You know, it wasn't like taking a photo and putting it up on Gumtree for free and it takes all of two minutes. I would have actually had to have gone to some decent effort and people would have had to phone mum and dad's house on the landline if they were interested in purchasing this waste bench. I don't remember how much it cost. I don't remember what I got from it. But I remember it was actually quite a significant thing for me to do. I had to give something up. Now, what I was going to receive was incomparable. Like the prospect of having Bron as my wife just far exceeded this silly weights bench. But nevertheless, there was a cost. There was a sacrifice that needed to be made but it was an incomparable exchange. And that's what we see in this parable. There's an incomparable exchange. Like whilst the man went and sold everything he had to purchase the land that had the treasure in it, the perspective that Jesus tells us is that you can't compare the two. The gain was so much greater than the loss. Now notice the spirit or the character or the way that the man went about selling all of his former possessions in order to purchase the land. We're told that he did it with a spirit of joy. Giving up the former way of life and all of the possessions was not done in a begrudging, oh, I guess if I have to, kind of spirit. It was one done with joy. Because the kingdom of God is so wonderful. And when Jesus is king, when Jesus is the king that I follow, then my former way of life has nothing on this new way of life. And in the context of this year's theme of fixing our eyes on Jesus and spending week after week studying Jesus, exploring the different gospels, and encouraging us as a people to fix our eyes on him, Jesus, the man who does miracles, Jesus, the man who brings God's message, Jesus, God who is man, Jesus, God who is God, what I want to say to us this morning is Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, making him your life's goal and priority, leaving behind the former ways, the former values, the former things, and following and pursuing Jesus in the kingdom is absolutely worth it. Jesus himself said so in this parable.
The parable goes on, and we then have the story of the pearl. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. What these two types of parables, and the commentaries that I've read this week, what they seem to indicate is that the, the second parable, the parable with the pearl, in, I guess demonstrates someone who is, or illustrates someone who is really actively searching. Like this person is a merchant. Their livelihood depends on finding or discovering fine pearls and selling them. Like this is someone who is heavily, heavily invested And there are people in this world who are spiritual seekers. They are on a journey. They are looking for something. Now, in a sense, all people are searching for something. But some people are certainly more active in doing so and would even say that they are on a spiritual journey. So, in a sense, on one side of the spectrum, we have the person who is intently actively um, dedicating their time to searching, right? On the other hand, the person who discovers the treasure buried in the field is a lot less intentional. In a sense, they, they might have been surveying the field and that was actually their intention and they kind of stumble across the treasure, And so we kind of have two different types of people. We have someone who maybe experiences or encounters Jesus or the gospel unbeknownst to them. And a classic example of this for me would be, you know, someone who gets invited along maybe to a special service or or, or youth group or something like that very innocently come along to this particular event we're having a speaker and and we kind of sometimes sell it under the guise of you know come and come to this great event or this great service or whatever it may be and then during that occasion they hear about Jesus and it just it changes them it doesn't happen all the time but for some people it does like maybe they hear about Jesus and the gospel for the first time or a light bulb kind of moment happens They weren't actively searching, but they just ended up in a situation, and I'm sure that God orchestrated that, but they found themselves in a situation where they discovered the goodness and the grace of Jesus and recognized that putting their trust in him was totally worth it. And they joyfully enter into that new life by repenting of of, and turning around of the formal ways and entering into a new life. So I guess what these two parables illustrate to us is God can be almost accidentally discovered. Okay, that's how it will appear. We know that God is always at work, but in that sense, it's almost like an incidental situation as opposed to the the pearl searcher who is really intently, actively searching. The scriptures would indicate to us that God is really happy to be found. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. 
it pleases the heart of God when people seek him, when people search for him. Matthew 7, 8 says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. When we come to the Lord and we are at that point of decision, a crossroads if you will, am I going to continue in my former way of life or am I going to place my faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour and follow him? There is a cost. There is a sacrifice that is to be made. But listen to what Jesus says to those who are prepared to make the sacrifice, to those who are prepared to count the cost. Jesus says, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. When we think of all the blessings and benefits of following Jesus, of giving away our former life and following him into the new future of the kingdom, oftentimes we might think about all of the blessings and benefits that are to come in the next age, in heaven, if you will. And that's true, but what Jesus seems to indicate here as well in Luke 18 is that there are blessings beyond measure, not only in the life to come, but also in the life that now is. Now, I have to confess, as someone who has virtually grown up into, and I'm sure there are many here in the same boat, if you have kind of grown up into the faith, you've grown up, you've had the blessing of growing up in a Christian family, you know, there was that decisive moment where you put your faith in Christ personally, but you've kind of always known the goodness and the blessing of God. I suspect that for many of us, there's many things that we take for granted. You know, to experience the kingdom life in this age means that we get to enjoy things like having real meaning and purpose. Faith in Christ and being part of the kingdom of God brings so much meaning and purpose to life, does it not? We also experience the knowledge of being loved. We know that we are loved dearly by God, not because of anything that we have done, but simply because of who He is. <laughs> he loves us unconditionally. We experience the blessing and benefits of being part of a, a church family. Now, I know nothing else. <laughs> I've never not known being part of a church family. And what a, what a wonderful blessing that is here on earth, to be part of a body of people who love you, who care for you and who are committed to you, to be part of a, a group of people who pray for you, who support you through difficult times. It is such a blessing. It is such a gift. But it is a gift, I think, that many of us take for granted because a little like myself, it's just I've always been part of a church family and I've always loved it. But I, I tend to think, I think when I try and think about what it would be like to not have that 
in my life, it would be really hard, especially going through difficult times. There are many people in this congregation going through difficult times, and I love the way the body comes together and surrounds those people in prayer and love and support and practically helps out with meals and so forth. So just a wonderful practical expression of the body. There are blessings that we experience beyond measure. There are all kinds of spiritual blessings that Paul highlights, for example, in Ephesians 1. There are all kinds of wonderful spiritual blessings, but there are also blessings like physical blessings, tangible relational blessings that we get to experience in this life now when we choose to put our trust in Jesus and be part of his kingdom. A couple of weeks ago, there was a $150 million Powerball. Now, I read that more than half of the adult Australian population had a ticket, right? And you could have bought a $5 ticket and had the potential to win $150 million. Can you imagine if that happened to you? Three people won $50 million. But the opportunity was there to win $150 million for a $5 ticket. Can you imagine? Like, just take a moment. If you randomly happen to buy a $5 ticket and then you were given $150 million, the mind boggles, doesn't it? That's what we're talking about here, folks. It's a $5 sacrifice for a $150 million gain. It is an incomparable exchange. The life without Christ, the life outside of God's kingdom, is a $5 life compared to a $150 million life. It's incomparable. This is the kind of perspective that we need to have as those who are followers of Jesus. We are blessed beyond measure in all kinds of ways. Of course, the spiritual blessing is magnificent. The knowledge of knowing that we have life eternal is wonderful. Being able to face death without fear, being able to live life with meaning and purpose, the the list goes on. But what I want us to to really get a hold of this morning is that Jesus is worth it. Fixing our eyes on him and following him is such a wonderful choice to have made. Now, whether it's a choice that we have actively made, whether it's a choice that God had predestined that we would make, I think there's a sense of both of those things happening. We have the opportunity, the free will, but also we read in Scripture that God chooses us. We've been predestined. We bring both of those things together. However it happens, what a wonderful gift it is to be part of God's kingdom. Look at the kind of kingdom perspective that Paul has. Philippians 3, But whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul is so fixed on Jesus. All of the gains he now sees as $5 compared to the $150 million life he has in following Christ. Do you know, the story of the pearl can actually be turned on its head. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. We could potentially read this parable as God being the merchant looking and searching for great pearls and the pearls being people. And the sacrifice that he made is giving away his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus of himself said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What what an incredible thing that God would actually seek after us as a merchant seeks after fine pearls to support his livelihood and his business. God sought after us. Even when we were still sinners, Christ in his grace and his goodness died for us. God, the hound of heaven, if you will, searches for us. God found us. God says our lives have incredible and immense value. God chose to sacrifice himself for us. God rejoices over us with singing, we read in Zephaniah 3.17. And in Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God says, you were worth it. (laughs) You were worth it. This parable has two sides to the one coin. One side of the coin says the kingdom of God is so incomparably valuable to to any former wealth or riches or way of life that you had. Like sell everything, get rid of everything to buy the land, to buy the pearl because it is so valuable and worthwhile. And in a sense, you will gain everything and lose very little. And it, it'll, it'll be so incomparable, you'll do it with a joyful heart. This parable also says to us that God loves us so much that he sees such immense intrinsic value in us, even in our sinful broken state, that he would send his son to die for us, that for all who would accept that they are sinful people and put their trust in him, no matter where we are, no matter how broken we are, that God will come to us and his love for us is so overwhelmingly great. He'll find us where we are. He won't leave us there. He'll take us on a journey of transformation, but that God will find us, that in his incredible grace, he will justify us just as if we've never sinned He will declare us to be loved. He will declare us to be righteous. Where do you sit this morning? 
Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know the sacrifice that God made for you in sending his son? If that's you, then we can be so grateful and thankful. Perhaps you haven't yet discovered the kingdom. Perhaps you haven't made the choice to leave behind a former way and enter into the new life of the kingdom. Jesus is worth it. Fix your eyes on him. Say yes to him. You were worth it. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, God, for your word to us this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the richness of your word and how it continues to speak to us. Jesus, we thank you for the incredible treasure, the incomparable riches of your kingdom, the kingdom, Jesus, where you are king, where the rule and reign of God is sovereign. Thank you that you invite us into that kingdom and to live your way. Now, help us to increasingly be people of peace and justice and righteousness and mercy and goodness and healing and reconciliation to a broken and lost world. May our lives and may our community, may our lives together declare the goodness and the glory of your kingdom. And may others catch a glimpse of that and desire to be part of that. Thank you, Lord, that you love to be discovered and found. And I pray for those perhaps who have not yet made that decision to put their trust in you, your spirit would do a great work and call them to yourself and they might make that decision. Thank you, Lord, for your love that pursues us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.